The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jay Massey. He is the CEO of Cashflow Diary and author of a pretty new book called Cashflow Diary, 10 Steps to Creating Wealth in Any Economy. Welcome to the show, Jay. Thank you for having me. I am glad to be here. You have an unusual uh, background, and so let's just start right <laughs> off with that. Kind of Thank tell you. me the, uh, from the bottom to the top how you kind of got to where you are today and, and your vision uh, going forward from all that you've achieved so far. Absolutely, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to do so. Hopefully, the person who needs to hear this is listening. But what it comes down to is we're all dealt a uh, you know, uh, set of cards, and my cards were as follows. My wife uh, and I had had a miscarriage, and then we, um, she, when we got pregnant again, that part was good, obviously. And when she's pregnant, she has a condition known as hyperemesis. What that means, if you've not had it, it just simply means that she could not eat or drink. Uh, that became a stressful situation, so I decided to go and play volleyball one day to blow off steam because that's what the macho guys do, right? We go play a sport to try to get rid of it. Um, and I ended up jumping, landing on a guy's head, punctured my lung. I was born with asthma. Now it meant with a hole in my lung, I developed a condition known as pleurisy. I could not walk and talk simultaneously without fainting. So my wife couldn't eat or drink. I couldn't walk or talk. That led us to a situation of you know, squatting in bank on property. We had a credit score of 398. We were selling our personal possessions on eBay and we were forced with decisions. Do we keep electricity on or do we do food? What do we do? And we were making decisions like that on a daily, weekly basis. And a friend said, you should become a real estate investor, which <laughs> I guess is the common answer. I don't know. It didn't seem right at the time, but we listened. And it was one of those situations where, you know, God tells you, you, everything you think you know is right isn't, so you've got to do something different, and we did. And we dismissed everything that we thought we knew, started relearning from the ground up, uh, started with you know wholesaling, buying properties at a discount, selling them at a discount, eventually started buying groups of houses, then apartment buildings. Now we have commercial property and cell phone towers. Those are some of the things that we were into today. And it, it started with you know, it's not like I woke up one day and said, hey, I can't wait to be a real estate investor. That was not my goal. I just wanted to feed my family. How long ago was this that you were in that situation and how quickly has it, have you turned it around? That was 08. Uh, June uh, 18th of 08 was the date that I closed the very first transaction using a strategy known as Subject 2. So that's, that's kind of what we do today is uh, we specialize in lots of trans, uh, transactions using none of our own money or credit. And now people have started asking me to show them, which is how we got into writing books and doing all kinds of things and speaking on the radio even. <laughs> so do you do uh, seminars to explain this to people? How do you get the, the message across from uh, these techniques? 
Yeah, we're going all you know the new the new way of doing it uh, online. So all of our stuff, we deliver the most of our content through podcasts and online only uh, online only events. There are a couple of times where you can catch me in person. Like I know in a couple of weeks I'll, I'll be with Simon Black over in Cancun. For those of you out there who are going to be there, which is great, and um, and we do some nonprofit type events. We have one of those coming up on May second uh, with some professional athletes. <laughs> where we like to contribute to people um, and, and help the kids play basketball and teach them the cash flow board game. So even more so, in 2008, that was like the, the height of the financial crisis. Uh, was that sure. a, a good time to start when the prices of property were particularly depressed and, and the credit markets were tight? Is that If you're going to start, is it better to start in the middle of a crisis? <laughs> well, Jordan, come on now. You know where there's chaos, there's cash flow. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, if you're, if you're going to buy value, if you're going to buy anything, you want to buy it when it's performing its worst. And what better time than when people can't get it sold and when, uh, you know, people can't pay things. I mean, that's when people are willing to sell, you know, trade equity for peace of mind, as it were. And if you have the skill sets necessary to be able to transact around the need for what, you know, we call traditional credit, you'll be completely fine. So since then... Has credit eased up so that people can now get credit, whereas in the past they couldn't? Or is, it, is the credit markets still tight and necessary to do these kind of transactions? Well, to, to be honest, I, I, don't, I don't care one way or the other. Once you know how to not need them, you don't need them. Um, uh, you know, and, and it's not something I, I just I, I don't. Otherwise, you have a limiting, you have a single point of failure in your business. It means if you can't get the credit from a bank, you, you can't. You can't do a deal. I mean, we've done tens of millions of dollars of real estate, which you know to some may not be a lot, but I know for my family it's made a significant difference. And we've never yet used a any sort of traditional lender in any way, shape, or form. So before we get into the details of how you do this cash flow strategy, let's kind of get into the psychology a little bit of how you sure. turned yourself around. I mean, you got you were about as low as you could get with both of these disasters <laughs> happening at the same time. Yeah. So what kind of inner resources can you call on to kind of turn things around? Because most people would just be completely defeated by one of those, never mind both of those at the same time. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that if, I don't know if anyone's ever stared their kids in, you know, they had to answer the question, Daddy, what's for dinner? And you not have an answer. Um, but that was truly the situation. Um, and I got to know my in-laws very well uh, because that, that was how we were going to eat. If we were going to eat today, I had to hang out with the in-laws. So it was definitely interesting. Um, I, I guess when you say inner resources, it's, it's not, I'm not special. I don't think I'm special. I think uh, I have a God that's special. I have a wife that's uber special. I have, I have resources that, that just told me that I needed to keep moving, keep persevering and developing character that wasn't present at the time. You know? um, and anybody has the ability to help someone solve a problem. Oftentimes when we're struck with disaster, we'll call it, or something that's stressful, we focus on ourselves when if we can get the focus off of ourselves and onto people who we might be able to serve in some way, uh, it, it, it becomes less about us and more about who we can help. And that was the secret. Understanding where true value is in any business, specifically real estate, has more to do with whose problem can I solve than what problems do I have. Yes, very good. So, uh, yes, because you're right. People kind of sulk and the, nobody wants to help me. 
Nobody's going to want to help you. If you can help them, that, that's where the, the difference makes, I guess. Correct. So, so, so what is the problem that you're helping people solve uh, in the real estate market? Primarily distribution um, and the, again, uh, distribution of either uh, a place of, to stay and or capital or an understanding what true money or credit is uh, in, a lot of se- in a lot of senses. So you, you mentioned, you know, if you're beholden to what, you know, Janet Yellen decides to do in terms of printing or interest rates, et cetera, then, okay, whatever she decides to do determines your family's future. That doesn't sit well with me. Well, there, there are some countries that use no loans whatsoever to transact real estate, and yet people still own real estate. So obviously there's got to be a way to do it. And we just, we maybe take the path of least resistance too frequently because it's the one that's offered to us. And I'm not faulting anybody. It's what you, if we're not put into a position to have to learn something new, (laughs) we usually don't. And that was the gift I was given. Most real estate investors don't realize there are four basic realist, uh, four basic resources, knowledge, time, money, and credit. And I don't care if you come to the table with money or credit. At some point, you will run out of your own resources and you'll need to learn how to access other people's resources. And the, least, the path of least resistance that's you know, currently built is the credit markets. And that for most people in this circumstance is not really available for them. I mean, they're not, because the banks are very tight, credit is not available for these people. Right. And when, I mean, if that's all it's going to take to stop you from pursuing what you want, it's just the credit market's not being there, then you probably shouldn't be playing this game to begin with. You know, um, you need to understand that America's a great country. We were built by self-employed individuals who went out there and made stuff happen. They, 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 they figured out how to create value and they figured out how to talk to people and how to work and trade all of these things without the need of a credit system. Uh, it happened, I mean, you know, to some degree, you could argue that credit's a relatively new invention. So who is this right person to play the game? Because people in general go to school uh, and learn to become employees, not to become entrepreneurs. So well, what is the mindset that you need to be successful in, in taking your teachings and applying them? Um, I would say you've got to be willing to disassociate from that what you think you know and understand that if you can become a servant first, uh, you'll be able to make it happen. If you're willing to listen, that's a lost art and skill. I mean, in this day and age of texts and emails and Twitters and Instagrams, I mean, I'm not down on those technologies. I'm just saying we lose something valuable when we lose interpersonal skills. If you have the willingness to gain those interpersonal skills, you can do this. I mean, naturally, Jordan, believe it or not, I'm actually an introverted kind of guy. And I don't enjoy the process of meeting new people day in and day out. That's not something I I get up to voluntarily do. However, when it comes time to make sure that my family eats, I got to show up and and be what I, I said I was going to be for them. So maybe give me an example of where you listened and other people might have had the same opportunity but didn't listen, and you were able to profit and feed your family as a result. Got it. Well, one of the key things is that everyone's always looking for properties. People ask me, Jay, where's the properties? Where's the properties? I'm like, that's the wrong question. You should be asking where the problems. So you can do this with any newspaper right now today. Anyone listening to me right now could take a newspaper in any country right now, and I guarantee you within the first like seven pages, you're going to find a real estate deal if you're listening to what is written. And you can find it, for example, when one of my first transactions, a lady was trying to get rid of a property 
uh, or problem. She was like, I, I didn't want to go to foreclosure. Okay, but now, mind you, I wasn't the only one in the room. She had been talking to many people, but I was the only one that asked her, okay, what the problem was, and more importantly, came up with a solution. She had a vacant property with no tenant in it, and she didn't know what to do, and she was upside down. So everybody else said, I can't help you. And I'm like, well, hold on. The problem really is the fact that you don't have the ability to make the mortgage payment. Is that correct? She's like, yeah. So if I made that mortgage payment for you, would that work? She's like, that would be great. It's cool. So now my new problem was, how was I going to make the mortgage payment and get a tenant in there? And there are people like hard money lenders and property managers who are out there that could assist with that. And once you learn the interpersonal skills of building a team, then now they're going to be on your side too. So you, you had the resources. The, there, you, you figured out what the problem was. Mm-hmm. You, you went to people. You weren't the one, but you went to people who do solve those particular problems. Right. And you profited by putting the people together, the problem solvers and the problem havers, I guess you might say. Correct. I tend to look in. I, I call us transactional engineers because <laughs> that's pretty much where my skill set lies. Do not ask me to hold a hammer because it's not going to go well. Uh, but it, I can put teams together. That I, anybody can learn to do that. So you really think anybody can learn to do that? And this is a, a, not a special gift that you have? <laughs> if, it, uh, if it was a special gift, it was hard fought and won uh, on my knees with lots of books and, and, and practice and failure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's the only uh, specialness of it is that if there's something special is that I was put in a situation in which quitting wasn't an option. Uh-huh. Yeah. Kind of necessity is the mother of invention, as they say in this case, right? Right. I mean, you got to eat. What are you going to do? Just go turn around and go home? That's like saying, hey, I can't walk. So I'd, if, you, if your kid was trying to learn how to walk today and said, mom, dad, I can't walk, I guess I'm just going to crawl the rest of my life? You're going to let him do it? No. You're going to walking is necessary. Eating is necessary. So is business. It's absolutely necessary. Very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Jay Massey. Uh, He's the author of a new book called Cashflow Diary, 10 Steps to Creating Wealth in Any Economy. His website is cashflowdiary.com. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. 
Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jay Messy. He is the CEO of Cashflow Diary. He's got a website, cashflowdiary.com, and a book called Cashflow Diary, 10 Steps to Creating Wealth in Any Economy. Welcome back to the show, Jay. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This is fun. So let's talk about the real estate and the pros and cons of real estate. I mean, the common view of real estate would be it's illiquid, uh, <laughs> the market turns down, you lose your shirt. It can be highly leveraged. It's a place maybe to buy your home, but it's too difficult for the average person to get into. And if you can't get loans from banks, uh, you know, you're not a player in the game. So how would you view real estate differently than that common view? Well, to say that it's illiquid, I, I can't dispute that um, because it, it is to some degree. However, it also depends on deal structure. I mean, at the same time, uh, through proper methods of syndication, you could liquidate uh, other people's, you know, interest and equity without necessarily going through all the transactional pieces. Somebody somewhere always wants real estate, and that's the good thing because it's a we need a place to live, work, play, or lay. Period, uh, and that's been that way for <laughs> a long, long time, and I don't see that changing uh, any way, shape, or form. Uh, what was the next one? I, I mean, we can go through each one of so these. So that was the <laughs> that was the illiquidity part of it. You're saying there's always going to be demand for real estate. Absolutely. But that the average person um, often loses money in real estate, investment real estate anyway, because they don't know what they're doing. They don't have enough uh, um, credit resources. They don't know how to make these deals. You know, it's a kind of a foreign world to most people to play investment real estate. Well, that's true. That's why I said in the previous segment, it's knowledge, time, money, and credit. The great thing about real estate is it provides leverage. The, the only thing that I can think of that provides more leverage than real estate is just starting your own business, period. So with real estate, uh, you don't have to know everything. But you, it's more important that you know the person who does or you're working with the person who does. Uh, the challenge is that, especially maybe in America, we've got the John Wayne Lone Ranger um, attitude that I can do it all myself. And that's when we begin to get in trouble uh, for, for many different reasons. And you, could, you can point at any particular topic with that attitude and say, this is why, you know, marriages are failing. You're trying to do it all on your own. You got no help. Duh. <laughs> you know, so it, it's, it's not, you know, specific, uh, specifically to real estate. It's, it, that's just the general attitude of how we tend to attack things. I mean, we go through kindergarten through 12th grade and we're told, that we're supposed to get it right, we're supposed to get it right the first time, and without any help. And that's a problem. And we, because the only way I have found to become successful at anything is by being willing to fail at it first. And the number one skill set we've all lost is we don't know how to fail at all and under any circumstances. So and how do you put a team together? 
of the right people, how do you find the people <laughs> that you need to put that successful team together? <laughs> well, uh, I get this question a lot, and I, I have to tell everybody the same answer. It's kind of like how you found your significant other or mate. You know, you, you found a whole bunch of wrong ones before you found the right one, or at least the one you thought was the right one. And you learned on the way that there is very little you can do to, I mean, you can do your best to screen and pre-screen and reference check and all this other stuff. And we do those things. We do. However, that does not guarantee that you're going to get the right person uh, 100% of the time. It can mitigate some of the risk, but you can't mitigate all of it. And you're just, you're going to have to kiss a few frogs before you find your prince. Okay, <laughs> very good. Uh, now, it's step two of your book. Step one was kind of the getting your mind ready, as we've talked about here. Absolutely. But step two is you say there's, if you have no money, it's no problem. Mm -hmm. Your fears are your problem. Mm -hmm. So how can you get into this real estate game if you basically have no money? You may have these skills we talked about, but you don't have money. How do you kind of get in the game? It's all about one word, and that's value. Value, like beauty, is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, there are some people who value certain pieces of art, and they will put a lot of dollars and a lot of currency behind it. There are some who look at that same piece of art, and the only thing they see is firewood. And that's fine. Value is in the eye of the beholder. Everybody values something differently when it comes to a piece of real estate. And when you understand that, what you've got to understand is how to give them what they value from that piece of real estate. I can take any piece of real estate and come up with three different prices for it simply because of how it's going to be used and who it's for. That's basically what it comes down to. There are some people like myself. We tend, from our apartment standpoint, we tend to go for things that are larger, 70 in units and, and higher because that's where we can do what we do best. And the same thing with commercial assets. We want the, some of the bigger ones. Uh, all of those types of things. But there are some people who assign absolutely no value to it. Just like if you're getting started, there's a person out there in your marketplace who goes, man, I have the money. However, I don't have the ability to take the time to develop a network and find the people who have the property that I could buy. So what I could, so if I know that and I have a database of these people who have the money but don't have the time to go out there or who choose not to use their time in that way, what that means is that they place a value on delivering them something that is ready-made that we could purchase. And when I do that, I get paid. Same thing happens every time we go to the grocery store. You and I don't go out shooting deer and antelope and and cow, we just go to the grocery store. Well, maybe some of you are hunters. You know, you get my point. But yeah. we just go to the grocery store to pick that up. And the grocery store makes money because they've packaged and made it convenient for us to get what it is that we need, thus providing us value. Same thing with real estate. You can just simply learn to go out there, knock on some doors, talk to some people, develop some interpersonal skills, find out who's got the problems that owns a piece of real estate, and then find the people who have the money and give it to them. Make it easy for them to purchase, and they will. So the way you make money is by marking it up. You're buying it from the person who wants to get rid of it and marking it up to the people who want to buy it. Is that where you're making your money? Yeah, that's like any other, and it happens in every other business. But I, instead of saying marking it up, I prefer to say you buy it at a discount and sell it at a discount because that's what you should be doing uh, at the end of the day. So what it comes down to is being able to then learn how to negotiate something at a discount. But typically, if you're buying a problem, you usually it's easier to do that. 
So this is what you call wholesaling, is that right? So maybe just yep. describe what wholesaling actually is. Somebody who might not be familiar with that idea. Absolutely. Uh, what we'll do is we'll go buy something that's broken. Like our favorite things to purchase are things that are fire damage, water damage. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, those types of things. You know, you, you're tired of evicting your tenant. Great. We'll buy that building. We'll buy your problem off your hands. Now, because we're buying the problem, we want to buy that at a below market price. Now, we buy it at a below market price. There could be, however, times because uh, where we don't want to solve the problem ourselves, but we have a database of investors who would rather solve those problems. Okay, cool. So we say, hey, guys, if you want this property, you just pay us a small little fee for the work that we've done already in terms of finding it, locating it, locking it up, etc. You pay us a little fee, and then now you can take our place in line. And then they take the place in line and get all of the benefits of ownership from that point forward. Again, same thing happens every time Apple releases a new product. You know, that, that, that every time they release a phone, people stand in line. And some people get paid to stand in line for their friend because their friend's at work. And they, they're like, hey, I'll stand in line for you. Uh, you just pay me some money. And then they take the uh, place in line or buy the phone for them so that they don't have to stand in line. It happens in every business all the time everywhere. So you're standing in line for the people who want to buy the properties, basically. So your time, is, yep. is, it's worth it, and you get paid to stand in line to buy these properties at wholesale, basically. That's how I did my first few hundred transactions, to, and we, we typically earned between 2000 sometimes as much. One time, I got as much as $26,000 for standing in line. So uh, you are actually not putting the money up to buy the property. It's pre-sold before you've even bought it. Is that correct? If you do it the right way, the way that I teach, that's what I prefer. I would rather you find houses for buyers than buyers for houses because I, I want you to have a stable of, of people who you know what they want. It's just, again, I'm just practicing what I see other successful businesses do. They do their market research, find out what the customer would buy, go make that, and then give that to them at an affordable price. That's all I'm saying. Now, you have in the book something about foreclosure properties. Is that... An advantageous way to do is to buy something from foreclosure? It, it's how I did my first one, and it, it is a problem. That's what we do. That's what investors primarily do. We solve problems, period. The only question is, is which problems do you want to specialize in solving? No one investor can solve all the problems on the planet, no matter how much you may want to. Uh, but uh, foreclosures is just one area of problems that currently exist. Now, that's a pretty competitive area today, right? Aren't there a lot of investors who sniff around foreclosures and buy yeah. these things up at auctions? Yeah, so, absolutely. So how do you compete with other people who might be experts in the foreclosure arena? You go where they ain't, meaning you don't compete with them there. You go find the places where they're not. There are so many ways to acquire problems. People advertise their problems. Foreclosures is just one way. And, and when you're talking about foreclosures, depending on the state, you typically have at least three different ways to take that same foreclosure and make it a deal. I mean, you've got it bef while it's in the state of pre-foreclosure. You've got it right at the auction. And then you got if it doesn't, if it's, uh, it's a failed auction, it goes back onto the bank's books as an REO. You've got people who specialize in each one of those three particular areas. Uh, and then we haven't even talked about the different types of asset classes when it comes to what I call Walmart, Target, and Nordstrom property. There are some people who specialize in foreclosures in the low-end neighborhoods and some who f specialize in foreclosures in the middle and some on the high. So just between those six combinations, you, you, you definitely are so those six items. You have, I don't know, somewhere near at least 18 
different combinations that you could come up with of where to specialize in any one of them can create a very significant opportunity for a family. Do you always go and visit and inspect the property before you buy it? Uh, depends on the size. At the, uh, you know, so if it's just a single-family house, probably not so much. Uh, but when we start talking you know, a 70-unit or a few million dollars on something, yeah. You'll take a look. And, and what are you <laughs> looking for that would scare you off from it? Scare me off. Pol- uh, political issues scare me off. <laughs> that definitely scares me off. When you, you've got issues with politicians and or ordinances that you just can't get around or don't want to deal with, the EPA, I, I don't want to deal with those guys either. Uh, that, that'll keep me away uh, for sure. Bad government policies that affect... Um, like you rent know. control? You mean that kind of oh, thing? Oh, yes, that, exactly. You're not uh, a big rent, rent control fan. Huh? Oh, God, no. Uh, <laughs> rent control... Uh, you start control if when you start controlling how fast I can evict somebody. Oh, now we got a problem because mm-hmm. I can't turn over that unit and my inventory is time. I don't get time back, you know. I I don't. And uh, you, when you start messing with that, that that's when I start going else other places. Is there some irony involved here? I mean, here you were sound like pretty close to homeless, if not homeless. <laughs> and here I you're waiting you're, for you to you're, catch you're being, that. You're being so happy about how quickly you can evict people. Is there some irony I'm here? Not- I'm not. It it is. I. It's ironic. You want to talk about ironic? I was still squatting in bank on property when we owned our first rental property, <laughs> dude. It's. I don't. It. Hey, I didn't grow up talking about these things at the dinner table. It's just. It, yeah. It's ironic. But at the end of the day, we're doing our best to provide clean, safe, affordable housing to people who who need it when it matters most. And it's a contract. I've got to every thirty days. I got to keep my word to them. Right. They got to do the same. And if they don't, you're a victim. It's the kind of how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and even and here's the interesting thing: even when they get it right, we eventually have to increase the rent. <laughs> so it's like, you know, but that's part of the contract. We, they know that going in. That's part of how the business works. I don't necessarily. I don't feel guilty about it. I don't feel bad about it. It's it's what we do. It's what we have to do. That no one, no grocer feels bad because milk suddenly went up a quarter. So even seeing it from the other side. And, you know, you were getting evicted or somebody was raising your rent. Mm-hmm. Now that you're on the other side, it doesn't bother you. Right. Uh, kind of funny, huh? <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny. All right. Interesting stuff. Very good. All right. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. Uh, my guest this hour is Jay Massey. He's the CEO of Cashflow Diary. Uh, his website is cashflowdiary.com. And his book is Cashflow Diary, 10 Steps to Creating Wealth in Any Economy. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day. And we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jay Massey. He is the CEO of Cashflow Diary. And the website is cashflowdiary.com. His book is Cashflow Diary, 10 Steps to Creating Wealth in Any Economy. Welcome back to the show, Jay. Hey, it's been fun. I'm excited. So tell me a little bit about what people find out at Cashflow Diary and the different levels of the courses and what they cost. Kind of Give me what, you, what they can find to, uh, to be trained by you in doing all this. Sure, sure, sure. Well, I, I should first start off by saying what happened is it started because I wanted to, I had some business mentors pass away and I was thinking, what would I pass on to my kids? You know, what would I have passed on? I have four children and I was just like, ah, what, what, what would they learn? And yeah, they get some real estate. I'm like, cool. We have enough. We've heard, we've all heard the story of the spoiled rich kid and whatever. I'm like, okay, we're not going to be, we're not going to do that. I wanted to pass on the lessons and how to do this and all that type of stuff. And then someone said, I bet you adults would be interested in it as well. So that's why the name is Cashflow Diary. I'm literally documenting what we're doing to be able to transact business in multiple countries and raise capital and do all this stuff. So that's, in essence, what you're going to get every time is you're going to get pieces of that because it's all broken down. So there's a ton of stuff, you know, between our podcast and YouTube channel that's absolutely no cost uh, at whatsoever. And, and many people tell us that we give away too much for free. Uh, OK, that that may be. Uh, and then we have our self-study uh, where people have the ability to learn specifically how to do what you and I have been talking about, how to transact business across uh all kinds of real estate, regardless of the country, because I've taught some of these things in various foreign countries now, and th- it works there. And it, how to buy houses at a discount, sell them at a discount, using none of your own money or credit. You, you also get information on how to raise capital, that being one of the most important pieces people are always asking about. How do I raise it? And then uh, for those that really, really want to, how, how to go out there and buy apartment buildings, you know, anything five units and up. Uh, that you, you could go out there and re, reposition and, and cash flow, et cetera. And we have our private groups that we're, we're always talking about it, passing deals back and forth. And uh, on a regular basis, we have our members, you know, literally raising hundreds of thousands of dollars and getting deals done. And it's very exciting to watch them go through their own transformation. Um, it's like a community of people buying yep. and selling properties and helping finance at this point. Yeah, that's that's what's beginning to happen. I, I'm pretty. It's pretty exciting. It's one of the funnest 
funnest. I don't even know if that's a word, but that's one of the things I, I enjoy doing is just participating in the community. I love to drop in and see what people are up to and ask and answer any questions that are there. Oh, because yeah, in fact, every once a week, what I do is I go live into our studio and I'll broadcast just to our members and answer their questions. So they bring all their questions, whatever they may be, and I just answer them. I'm like, cool. Uh, and hopefully, you know, I've seen deals done right there during that hour of time. And, I, and I've seen people just grow with us over time. Someone's been with us, you know, a little while now. And I've seen them go from completely scared to writing their first offer. And uh, we've had two people now that we've been able to retire uh, in, in the last 12 months, which is great. So they no longer need their job. And I, I'm just like, this is fun. Great. Now, one of the, the, the techniques you have is what you call DIP, D-I-I-P. So let's let's <laughs> yes. briefly go through what that's. So what does D stand for? Uh, data. Uh, data uh, is, is the information. It's not even – it's just the data points that we receive on a, on a daily basis. Like, for example, if someone says, you know, jobs are up 3%. Okay, cool. That's just jobs are up 3%. It doesn't really mean anything. Unemployment's down 0.1%. Okay, great. It, that's a data point. Um, the, okay. the, the next one is, uh, information, mm -hmm. which is typically where the newspaper comes in is because the newspaper takes that inform, uh, data and turns it into information, uh, by turning it into a sentence, uh, et cetera, in some way, shape or form. But what happens is most of us fail at the third step, which is interpretation. We don't know what to do with it at all. Now I'm about to say something that's probably going to offend somebody but just hear me out before you get all mad, okay? Um, the, when you see so-and-so XYZ company lays off 500 people, 1,000 people, all this other stuff, understand the newspaper wrote it that way to sell a newspaper. That's what they're doing. That's their job, okay? However, I get a little excited for those 500 people because now they have an opportunity to be able to actually go do something and contribute to the world in a way that matters, They've been forced to reconsider how they earn income because many of us think, hey, I need a job. That's not true. You need a source of income. That can come from many different ways. But oftentimes, we're so focused on what we currently have gotten ourselves entrapped to that we, we're not really able to rise above and figure out a better way. But those 500 people have suddenly been given a gift to figure out a better way, possibly, to do it. Now, most of them probably aren't going to do that, but a select few will. And instead of becoming job takers, again, they'll become job makers. And oftentimes to do that, one of the things that they need is, you know, financial investment. And again, those same 500 people have access to capital through their retirement plans and through other means, whether most people know it or not, because it's where we found, I know it's where we found our first $5 million is all through uh, retirement plans and being able to self-direct them using real estate in a, in a more uh, closely held investment and going out there and make things happen. So those, those so opportunities the, 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 don't come to you. I'm sorry? That's the third I of DIP, which is interpret the data. Interpret it. See, see what the uh, options, the possibilities are. Exactly. And, and then what is the P as a part of the DIP uh, strategy? You know, what's funny is that I haven't found a better word than process. It's just process. It's the DIP process. Because I, I, really what I do is I like to take a dip into the news. Let's look at the newspaper again and find what we can do to go out there and make those things uh, work. Just take a dip. Let's look at the data. 
Let's look at the information. Let's interpret it. When you see something that sounds like it could be negative, okay, how could this be a positive? Oh, 12 buildings just burned. Okay, got it. 12 buildings just burned. That is the data. Uh, and hopefully nobody got hurt. However, there's still real estate under those buildings. Somebody owns it. At some point, somewhere down the line, that's not a burned up lot is not the highest and best use of that, of that area. And somebody needs to fix it. Period. I don't, it may take a while. The point is, is at some point, that burned up lot has a highest and best use. Some entrepreneur needs to go over there and fix it and solve the problem. So, and you're seeing this happen like in, in cities like Detroit now. Because yes. for a while, it was a problem. No one wanted to go there. And understandably. But at some point, entrepreneurs go, well, wait a minute. Land is cheap. That's a cheap resource right now. I could do something. And that's what we need to all become. So if the uh, price gets low enough, that's what attracts uh, entrepreneurs to try to solve the problems. Which is exactly why certain states make no sense to own real estate in from a long-term perspective. Because when, they, when the government starts messing with my ability to evict and control and control how much I can charge and all this other stuff, I, I can't run a profitable business. It costs me too much to generate a dollar of revenue and then jobs start going elsewhere. What are some of the states that you do not like to do business in? California. That's, that's it? That, well, no. Well, that's just the big one because uh, I live here. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, New York and Maryland would also be on that same list. Um, let me see. If, uh, if I had to pick another one, I, I don't do anything in Texas. Again, Texas has a lot of the stuff in the right places, but property taxes and other things I, I just don't like to deal with. So, so, so you're not invest, investing where you live? No. <laughs> okay, you must be on planes a lot then if you have to go inspect these things. My team is, or we hire local. We always hire local. We hire, we provide a lot of jobs to a lot of local individuals everywhere we go. Mm -hmm. uh, period. I mean, for nearly every time we're repositioning something, we create about seven jobs for every door. And two of those stick around after the rehab is complete, et cetera, et cetera. So we, we do our best to, to do that. We're always hiring people locally because they know their marketplace. They know what colors the cabinet should be and what should be on the floor way better than we do. What mm -hmm. matters, it's just like you know any other REIT or, or 401k or, or mutual fund. Real estate is a way of producing a stream of cash flow. That's what we're about, cash flow. I am asset agnostic. I want to produce cash flow because when my wife and I were down for the count, what we needed was cash flow. We didn't need a job. We needed cash flow. And we've got to learn how to eventually take that, that pile of cash and turn it into streams of cash. We don't a lot care. of people in this field do uh -huh. flipping. I mean, it's not your thing. What, no. what is wrong with the flipping strategy where you get in there, you fix it up, you sell it quickly and move on to the next one? What is wrong? It feels like gambling to some degree. And the tax situation surrounding it is horrible. I mean, between what you have to do to try to avoid the taxes in that sense, because you're not putting an asset into useful production for any length of time, you, you, it's like speeding down the highway. You exchange one set of unknowns for a new set of unknowns, and it's, it's just something I'm not emotionally comfortable with. Now, there's some people who would probably argue me right now. They're probably on the phone going, I can't believe he doesn't like flipping. Well, I don't like it. Because I, I like to get comfortable with a property and a marketplace. Uh, and once you know that, you know how it works, you know its rhythms, and you can begin to build something that can last. So what happens if a market turns down dramatically? I mean, Las Vegas comes to mind. 
like <laughs> 2008, 2009. And right. people are leaving the town, mass layoffs. I mean, the place is just falling apart. Is, is that a good market for you to go into? Or it seems like it would hurt the rental market as well. Well, it depends on who your customer is, right? I mean, there's always, again, you need a place to live, work, play, or lay. The question is, is who's the customer? I mean, Arizona made a law change that hurt a certain class of customer uh, in uh, back in around that time as well. And that hurt a ton of apartment buildings and restaurants, etc. Well, that doesn't mean that every class of real estate is hurting that same way. Uh, so yeah, Vegas has, you know, infrastructure for the hospitality environment and corporate and all that other stuff, but I'm, I'm willing to bet with decent study, you could have found a pocket that was still doing just fine. There's always opportunity no matter what the market basically. You just got to data information to interpretation. Very That's good. Really what right. it comes down to. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Jay Massey. He's the CEO of Cashflow Diary. Website is cashflowdiary.com and his book, Cashflow Diary 10 Steps to Creating Wealth in Any Economy. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jay Massey, CEO of Cashflow Diary, his website, cashflowdiary.com. Welcome back to the show, Jay. Hey, I'm glad to be here. So in your chapter, uh, in your book, Chapter 9, Mm -hmm. uh, you talk about thinking creativity, creatively, and you have a specific system you call the Profit Analysis Quadrant, the PAQ. Right. So can't go through it in great detail, but give us a sense of what that's about and how that can help people be successful in their investing. Well, at, yes, and, and I appreciate that because this was the key. When this came together and has come together for many of our participants, they go off to do some amazing things, and it's just um, it's amazing to watch the stories. But what it is is understanding that real estate is actually a basket of benefits. 
uh, when it comes down to it. And you've got to understand, A, what's in that basket, and B, whom you're working with can benefit best from which benefit. When you understand that, you can then divide those benefits up in many different ways. So some quick examples, if you will, is that many people may not know that appreciation in and of itself comes in five different flavors. Uh, So there's found, forced, phased, then there's inflated, and then there's passive. Most of what everyone talks about on the news is either inflated or passive appreciation, which you and I don't have control over. And if you're smart, you learn to not count on those. How do you count on found, forced, and phased becomes one of the benefits. The major benefit of that is what is typically called in the financial world growth. Well, growth, uh, all growth isn't equal. And there are some people who need growth and some people who need income. Well, when it comes to – and that – when it comes to growth, though, you're dealing with what we call quadrant one or the appreciation quadrant. Then there are other people who I've worked with who have said, you know what, Jay? I don't need any more cash. I just would love to keep more of my money. Uh, I don't – I just don't need more of it. And they're just in a position to where they have what I call never money, money that they don't – they don't intend on using and they don't really need more cash to have to deal with and it becomes a problem. But they would love to be able to have some additional tax advantages and that becomes quadrant two, the depreciation quadrant and learning how to pass that benefit on using pass-through entities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So and let's just basically are- get, get a depreciation. So somebody owns mm-hmm. property mm-hmm. Yep. and they get to depreciate it and they can take that off of their other income is basically how that tax benefit's helping them. Is that correct? The short version of that, yes. you got to work with your confident keyword there, legal and tax professional, to make all that work. But yes, and that's part of what the, uh, the PAQ or Profit Analysis Quadrant helps people to understand. And then some people need predictable streams of income, and that's the key. And that's where Quadrant 3 is, and that's all about amortization. And let's be very clear. Quadrant 3 is the one quadrant the banking industry plays in. It's the only quadrant they play in. And they have really big buildings and they do quite well for themselves. So if that one quadrant has a lot of potential, once you understand the other three and how they work, there's that much more potential that's available. Quadrant four is uh, the cash flow. It's, it's, it's all about the income minus expenses equals net operating income uh, minus debt service equals cash flow. And that's basically the one that most people are always focused on. The challenge is most of us, when we go out there to do a deal, we go, hey, let's just do it 50-50. And we don't even know what 50-50 really means and what we've given up, let alone how to use and properly position the benefits. But once you know how, you can do what they've always told you on stage. You could do a deal on the back of a napkin because that's exactly what I had to do. Remember, I didn't have resources, so I had to develop them. And this one resource was the key to us being able to do deals, uh, and my favorite place to do them, honestly, is, is Starbucks. I tend to meet lots of investors over at whatever Starbucks is closest. Uh, and we explain the deal on a piece of paper and show them exactly how it breaks down, what benefits they get, what benefits we keep, and how it works to everybody's advantage so we can go provide, again, more jobs and more housing. That's what I get excited about. I get excited about knowing that we put people to work and we give people places clean, safe, and affordable to stay. So each investor, each part participant in the deal has mm-hmm. a different interest to some extent. Some want appreciation, yep. some want depreciation, some want cash flow, yep. some want amortization. And by putting them all together, that's the value you're adding. Correct. And most of the time, 
when we try to explain it, it becomes too complicated. Most of the experienced investors, here's what I've heard. They were like, wow, I've been looking for a way to be able to explain all that was in my head that I knew easily. And the new investors are like, wow, I didn't know you could do that. That makes it possible for me to know exactly what to say to people so that I can help them. And they get it. <laughs> it yeah. takes a little time to sink in. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's why we do the weekly, you know, sessions where I answer people's questions, and that's what, why. We what have are the some community. of the common questions you're getting from people who who hear this? Typically, it's what to say to people. That that's one of the first things is what to say, and how come no one else has taught anything about it? And I'm like, I don't know. I just know that every CPA that I've run it by, they're like, yeah, you could do that. And I'm just like, how come you haven't shown us? They're like, that's not my job. My job is to save you taxes in the current year, not necessarily helping you with deal structure. I'm like, you guys are killing me here. But mm -hmm. that's okay. That's an entrepreneur will put the resources together and create a tool. That's what human beings are. We're tool creators. And we create a tool to go out there to make our jobs easier. The guy who created the will probably got the same question. How come no one else did this? You know, I don't know. But here, you can have my will if you'd like. You know, at the end of the day, it makes it smoother and easier so that we can all dig ourselves out and, and, and recover. America can recover, but it's up to you. It's up to me. It's up to every entrepreneur listening or every would-be entrepreneur listening to take up the mantle and, and, and dig and, and push and, and row and make this thing happen. Your final chapter is what you call Be Courageous. Yeah. So how can you take all of what we've talked about in the last hour, we've got about three minutes to go, sure. to implement this and really make a difference not only in your life and the, the people you're serving and creating value for? Well, the first thing you've got to do is remember to fail fast, fail forward, and fail frequently. Be comfortable with the fact that you're going to fail your way until you get it right. It's okay. It's part of the process. And, and then the next thing you can do is move at the speed of instruction. There's a number of people listening right now because it happens nearly every time. There's a number of people listening right now who feel inspired to do something. You came up with an idea, something I said, something Jordan said, something you've heard from a previous guest has inspired you, but you've not done anything about it. In the next 24 to 48 hours, take one measurable step in that direction, period. Because a lot of people, inertia takes over and they never get around to it, even though they've yep. offered the opportunity. Correct. Happens all the time. And what is the psychological imp uh, impediment to making people take diamonds and put them into action? The impediment is we have an addiction to looking good. Uh, what I mean by that is uh, you can't learn and look good at the same time. Look at any toddler learning how to walk. When they're learning, they do not look good. And we have an aversion to looking like that toddler because we somehow think I'm 30, 20, 50, 60. I'm supposed to know what to do. Wrong answer. You don't know. You haven't been taught yet. And it's okay to not look good during that time. And you didn't look good. You learned this without being taught particularly, right? You kind of fail forward, fail fast, fail frequently. Yes. And you were good at that. I've learned how to fail. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Very yes. good. Well, this has been fascinating. Well, my guest this hour has been Jay Massey. Uh, he's the CEO of Cashflow Diary. His website is cashflowdiary.com. Lots of resources and free things and courses and so on there. His book is Cashflow Diary, 10 Steps to Creating Wealth in Any Economy. It's been fascinating, and I hope we've inspired a lot of people, Jay. Thanks for being on the show. I I'm definitely glad to have been here. Thank you. Thanks again, and we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now.
Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.